Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Bill Michaels. Good to be back uh, after a, a, an incredibly wonderful day yesterday. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about that coming up here in a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, Grant Bills producing the program. Grant, how did yesterday go? It went swell. Uh, took some nice calls on the Brewers winning streak. We did 45 minutes with Mike Clemens. I mean, it was, it was tremendous. It was a great time. Mondays are always good. When uh, you 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 know do the breakdown via the Green Bay Packers with Mike and uh, I, uh, pa- Pat O'Donnell, I was a little surprised Pat O'Donnell got the boot. Pardon the pun, uh, only for the fact that part of there was so much made two years ago of the process for the kicking game, and Pat O'Donnell was the sure-handed, laces in the right direction, knew exactly what he was doing, guy. So even though he didn't have the constant 50-plus yard booming leg, he still did a lot of really good things and was beyond serviceable. But when it came to the kicking game, he helped out Mason Crosby exponentially. And he was the guy that, you know, granted uh, kicks beyond 50 were somewhat iffy, maybe 50-50, but field goals 49 and are in were pretty much automatic last year. And it was due in large part to the process being corrected because they brought in Pat O'Donnell. So I was, I have to admit, I was a little surprised yesterday when uh, word broke that uh, the Packers were going to cut them loose. Cause I thought, Oh man, that's uh, I, I get all the statistics when it comes to where they were ranked as far as punts, uh, punts with inside the 20 um, overall net yardage. I get all of that. But I was like, um, Daniel Whelan is the uh, the young cat here. And, you know, you're talking about pressure. You, you're bringing in a new kicker, a new holder, basically an entirely, you know, for the most part, a new system. You know, and it has not been successful for the most part. So I'm kind of like, boy, I, you talk about giving Rich Basaccia, I mean, who I'm sure has had a massive hand in all of this. Talk about giving Rich Basacci a, a, you know, a, a handicap to deal with right out of the shoot when it came to the, when it comes to the kicking game and now the punting game as well. But you know they were they cut him. Were you surprised they let Pat O'Donnell go? Yeah, and I was a little between you and me. I was a little frustrated because I'm reacting to it on air and I'm like, I don't know who the backup punter is. I don't know what I don't know anything about this right. guy. So I'm trying to learn on the fly about Daniel Whelan and and what he's good at and figure out how much money they're saving and, and all those things. But, yeah, I was surprised because going into a season with a rookie punter and a rookie kicker, like you said, that's, I, I don't know, you're making life real hard for Rich Bisaccia. Right. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. Um, so today is cut down day. And when you and Mike talked yesterday, now yesterday, and like I said, I'll get into it. Yesterday was a great day. It was at the Fisher House Wisconsin Golf Outing. Uh, it was damn near a sold-out event, uh, over 250 golfers and two courses and a tremendous day. It was, it was so much fun, raised a lot of money uh, for Fisher House, Wisconsin. But uh, there was a lot of talk about who the Packers are going to keep, who they're going to cut. You know, did you and Mike get into that? Who needed a good game and either did or did not have a good game against Seattle? A little bit. We talked uh, a good amount about Jordan Love and played a, a couple of clips from him because he had some really good quotes on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And towards the end of our conversation yesterday, we talked a little bit about cutdowns uh, and some of the guys who, you know, is on Mike's bubble and guys he's watching, but not a lot of connecting Saturday's game to cutdowns today. So I don't know if that's because Mike didn't think that there were there was anybody who played their way in or out of a roster spot, but we didn't right. really connect the two. 
Um, two things. One was the fact that Anderson, uh, Anders Carlson hit a 43, but more so that 57 right before right before the half uh, I thought was big. Uh, it gave us at least a little bit of uh, a sigh of relief. The 57-yarder, first of all, that doesn't even get tried if Mason Crosby's on the field. Doesn't even get tried. But the fact that it went through with room to spare, that was huge. And uh, I was listening to the game because I was down in um, at Camp Timberley where we did a you know kind of a, a charitable broadcast, a cast, a podcast, if you will, uh, on on Saturday. I was listening to the game, and Larry McCarron went nuts. I mean, he was like, "Oh my!" You know, just like this is great. I mean, it was you could clearly hear the excitement because they knew going into the kick that it was kind of iffy. You know, you you kind of felt like, oh geez, uh, you know, you you really. Because Larry said, man, you really hope for this guy to make it. You really hope for this kid to get it through, you know, after especially after what Mike had told us about the end of, you know, training camp practice to where the whole team got behind him and put him at, what, 45 yards or whatever whatever it was, and he missed it. And then they chanted again, and he finally made it. Uh, but for him to go get the 57-yarder and kind of get a little more confidence in that process, that was – and Pat O'Donnell, by the way, was a holder during that 57-yarder. So – uh, interesting that uh, they went ahead and did it, but boy, it was kind of a sigh of relief. Maybe it was a big confidence builder for Andrews Carlson. But uh, was there one thing that came out of that game on Saturday that bothered you? Ooh, that bothered me. Yeah, um, because there's there's one thing that 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 bothers me. Well, I don't I I don't want to just pass the baton to you, but now I want to hear what bothered you. There is no downfield game. Ah. Uh. There's no explosive no plays. There's no connection. Uh, the the few times they've tried it in the preseason have been failures for the most part. I get it. Matt Lafleur wants to kind of slough it off and say, "Well, it's a low percentage pass anyway." I I get it, but they they don't have that connection. I mean, for all this all the talk about uh, Jordan Love being able to roll out and throw it in that that net that bucket, it, it's not there. It's it's just not there. I, I I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. But Sean Clifford can do it. You know, we've seen him throw downfield. He didn't have a big day the other day, but we've seen it. Magoo did it. He had a 52-yard pass. But it, it's just not there. And I it was funny because I had a couple of friends of mine that texted me the exact same thing, said, it, it you know this is going to be a dink and dunk offense. I I saw these uh, somebody put up the statistics and I I think I saw it. It might have even been on Facebook. I don't know. But uh, Jordan Love in the preseason, three touchdowns and his completion percentage was high. And I'm like, this is all good. And you look for the amount of passes, like 35 passes. The amount of passes was under 200 yards. Under 200 yards. And people complain about Rodgers not getting to 300 last year. This is three games, 35 or 40 passes. And under 200 yards, they're all short, quick, get him into a rhythm passes. In game one, in game one uh, against Cincinnati, when all the kerfuffle was nationally that how could they, you know, how could he miss this throw? And we know what Colin Cowherd said. And I said, no, it's perfect. You get him into a rhythm. You get him some confidence. That's what you do. But they never really, they took a couple of shots, but they never really expounded upon it. And it it's, you know, and now it's starting to be questioned where is this all he's got? 
where he he can't hit the big one downfield. He can't hit big downfield plays. That He just doesn't have the touch to be able to do it, to be able to throw it to a guy in rhythm and running and drop it into the bucket of a moving bucket. And so much is made of the nets at the end of the field and quarterbacks that drop back and throw it and arc it into these nets. That's a, that's a non-moving target. That's great. But I'm starting to kind of go, okay, hmm. Can this guy hit the big one? Can he hit the long one? And if you can't hit the long one, the two-minute drill is useless. Because if you don't have that threat, you're in trouble. Because they're just going to keep everything in front of them. And, yeah, you can, you're can you going to dink and dunk your way, but you're never going to hit that big play that's really going to give you that giant chunk of yardage. And that's that's starting to bother me a little bit. So, anyway, I don't know if it bothers you. I don't know if you look at it the same way, but... I think it's certainly something to think about. Something that Mike and I talked about yesterday. Yeah. Jordan Love said yeah. Saturday uh, in his postgame presser, and I don't know what the context was, but he mentioned a couple times in one answer the checkdowns can turn into big plays, right? And he he kept saying we're going to have to you know take what's open, take what's there, and checkdowns you never know can turn into big plays. And I thought of that Christian Watson touchdown against the Eagles, right, where he just mm-hmm. catches a simple six seven yard pass, but because he's so athletic and because he's right. so big and strong and fast. Those plays can turn into big plays. Maybe that's how the Packers envision themselves, you know, creating some of those explosives. Not throwing I, the ball 40 yards down the field, but, you know, right. letting guys run with it. I completely agree. Uh, you know, take what's there. And we've said it all along because if you move the sticks, you're going to have success. I agree with that. But you have to have something. You have to have a threat. You know, otherwise it's, you know, let Christian Watson go because if he can't hit him, who cares? I don't care how wide open he is. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Just put a guy in the area and you're good. And just press everybody and keep everything in front of you. And and I, I theoretically, I agree with what Christian Watson said because they can. And that was one of the things that I was frustrated with with Rodgers. So I, I'm kind of speaking hypocritically here. But what I did not see was a legitimate downfield threat when it came to the hierarchy passing of the football and being able to throw it to where your guy can run under it and get it. It was either, either overthrown uh, by a lot underthrown uh, to where it was uncatchable or out of bounds. But you, you, he never gave his guys the 50-50 ball chance. And that was, that. well, at least once he did. But that was that's concerning. Uh, that's a little bit concerning. 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and give us a shout because we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and I, I don't know if anybody else saw the same thing, but give me your, give me your thoughts on that. Uh, our buddy Dwayne says, I think it's more uh, preseason vanilla offense. Let's see what he does in the regular season. Mr. Optimistic living there in Wausau, which uh, I'm going to see Dwayne and them this weekend at the motorcycle ride. Um, he had one long one to Dobbs in the Patriots game. Right. I said he hit one. But other than that, I mean, I, I, we saw him make some attempts, and it just, it just, it, it's not there on the consistent. Again, I'm hoping, you know, again, I'm hoping that what Dwayne said is correct. It's a very vanilla preseason offense. They're not showing anything downfield, so teams aren't looking to really scheme for the downfield ball. Okay, okay, but when I start to look at the game and what's in his game, we saw a lot of good things. I, and we did, but I'm but I'm looking at one thing that I did not see, 
and that was the consistency of, of the ability to go downfield. When you saw numerous quarterbacks air it out in the preseason, just here we go, we're gonna we're, we're going for it, we're gonna air it out a couple times, and there wasn't that specific connection. That's all I'm saying. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us. Uh, you can also find us over on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels Show. We are on YouTube, which continues to grow, and I uh, was really appreciative of the people that said yesterday that if they can't get the radio, which I just keep telling them, download the app, that they have become more and more in tune with listening to it and watching it over on YouTube because it's free. And I said, that's great. Go to YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show, YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. You can find us on uh, Twitch app and on the Kick app under Bill Michaels Show. You can find us there as well. So uh, both places, great places to track us down. Uh, you can email the program, dbillmichaels at gmail.com, dbillmichaels at gmail.com. And it kind of goes on from there. The website's dbillmichaels.com. Download the, the uh, Zone Madison, the Zone Madison app. And everywhere, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and Google Podcasts after the fact. Uh, this is from Gardner who says, uh, hey, unit, I believe you're 100% correct. We only saw one decent pass to Dobbs, and that was pretty much it. The connections to uh, Christian Watson just aren't there. Even Anthony Richardson was highlighted numerous times for going downfield, and he's a first-year starter. Um, yeah, and I, I think I remember I remember Anthony Richardson connecting once downfield uh, on a deep ball, but I don't remember more than that. But then again, I didn't pay attention to the Colts, to be honest with you. So uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. What – what positives did you see out of the preseason and what things concern you coming out of the preseason? I think that's where we're going to start today, okay? I think that's where we're going to start today. We got uh, Stephen Green Bay will be first out of the shoot when we come back. Hang in there. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. August 29th. I can't believe it's the 29th already. I just can't. Motorcycle ride coming up this weekend, but I've got a house full of people. We have got um, we got some really cool people hanging at the house starting on Thursday. And uh, Thursday, don't forget, we're going to be down at the Harley Davidson Museum kicking off the HDQ weekend. And we're going to be there for the broadcast and really looking forward to that. But uh, this weekend, specifically, summer is not over. And we're going to be hanging out a lot outside uh, because it's going to be in the 80s and it's going to be beautiful and fire pit and such. So if you are looking still maybe to catch uh, and cash in on some of the year-end products that Master Z's has to offer, whether it's patio furnitures, uh, the umbrellas, um, which I finally got my new one and absolutely positively love it. If you got to, I mentioned fire pits, whether it's wood or gas. How about if you do happen to be one of those people that love fall and winter? Now, I'm not the hugest of fans, but I don't think even hugest is a word, to be honest with you. But uh, nevertheless, I, I do love the days down in the great room, Monday nights, Thursday nights, Saturdays, watching football. Uh, and I've been looking quite often at uh, – I, I love shuffleboard, so I've been looking at doing either the shuffleboard. Uh, Kristen wants a pool table. So maybe we might have to go in that direction. But they got pool tables. They've got dart boards, darts, accessories, bars, bar stools, the shuffle boards, all the table games. I mean, they, they got everything. And if you're going to start thinking about the indoors, man, there's just so much. And 
The best part about Master Z's is the high quality they have, stuff that will last for years and years and years and years and years and could be generational. you got to call them, though, for all the in-store specials, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931. They're on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield, but people come from all over, whether it's Illinois, whether it's up in the Northwoods, whatever. People come from everywhere for our friends from Master Z's. So give them a shout and uh, t- tell Rob we said hi. And uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm, boy, I love, I love the season change stuff here in Wisconsin, but I, I just, I love the heat. I can't wait for summer to restart again. Let's go to uh, Steve listening to us in Green Bay. Steve, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing today? So, I'm doing well. Glad to have you back. Grant did a great job filling in, but it's always nice to, ha- nice to have the man back on the show. So Thank you very much. I wish you a good day. Now, I had a few things I wanted to go over, so I guess um, I had a few positives and a few negatives. First, for my positives, I mean, the rookie wide receivers and tight ends, they've been really impressive this, you know, this, I guess, summer, if you want to say, coming out showing that they've got the skills. They're going to take some time to develop into hopefully truly elite players, but it looks like they have the ability to do that. Now they just have to step up to that next level. Um, pardon me. Ah, I also, I'm, I was really excited to see the amount of defensive players rallying to the ball on almost every tackle. There was multiple guys there. And that's something that for years, their defense has been an issue. They just, one guy hits him with his arm and he runs for another 10 yards before somebody right. tackles him. Um, so that, that was something that was great. And then I also like to see that Joe Barry, all of us like to bash him. But I guess I would say I give him credit for being willing, or maybe he was forced, um, to go up in that box and try something different and say, I need to change something. This isn't working. So there's things that we have to give the guy credit for and being willing to change. Um, One of my concerns, though, would be the fact that I think Jordan Love tries to copy Aaron Rodgers a little too often with his not planting his feet and throwing it. He does not have the arm strength to just – flip his wrist and throw it 60 yards down the field. Not many people in the world do. But when you watch him, I feel like that's some of the things I noticed. His feet aren't planted. And on that throw to Watson, that I I believe Watson should have caught it. I also have concerns about Watson's hands still because it hit him right in the face and in the hands and he didn't catch it. Um, But other than that, I, I like to see that Jordan was calm and collective. It looked like he knew what he was doing out there. Um, it's just some growing pains we're going to have. But overall, I'm excited to see what they can do, and I'll take what you have to say off air. Thank you for giving me no, some time to spit out some stuff. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to us in Green Bay. Um, I agree with you there that, it, look, if Christian Watson gets hit in the hands and he drops, that's his fault. That's not, that's not Jordan Love's. 100% agree. Uh, and that's the reason I said that there's a I, – I never harped on it to where it's like, oh, this sucks. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying my only concern is the consistency of downfield because you have to have it. We didn't see it. We didn't see it unleashed a lot, but we didn't see it on the continuum. So the bottom line is I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm waiting for it to develop. I hope it does. Because, like I said, now nobody's taken me to the positive things that I said. The positive things that I said were he looked really good. He looked like he knew where he was, you know, going with the football. The synapse between his brain and his arm, strong. 
It wasn't like he was delayed in his passing where balls were getting tipped and the, the defense was converging and he just it was, was unsure of himself. None of that. There, there's a lot of positives to take out of the preseason. A lot of them. All I was saying was the one, one area that concerned me is that. And with that being said, I'm going to give it some time. But I hope that there's more to it than what we witnessed. There has to be. There has to be, both on Jordan Love's part and on Christian Watson's part or whomever is downfield. There has to be. Because if you can't at least have that consistent threat, then you start to run into problems because defenses now know, hey, it's, it's you know, defenses live by the, we're going to keep beating you up until you beat us. Once you beat us, then you're in our respect. But if you don't beat us, we're just going to come after you. And that's what I don't want to see happen. That's it. Uh, Eddie, by the way, yeah, no, he's not a complete bust. And you, you can't say that. You have not seen him play consistently as a starter. So you can't say that. Look, I'm, I was not happy with the pick, and I'm not saying that. And this is me talking. So and when I'm saying, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. I mean, you take it for what it is. Now, maybe in a year, at the end of the season, two years, you can say that, but you can't say that he's a bust now after, what, three preseason games and one whole game as a starter and a half? You can't do that. You know? You can't do that. Just just saying. <laughs> it's Man, you talk about the, uh, the realm of extremities over over on the, uh, the, the live stream where people are just ripping, ripping to rip. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Tyler listening to us in Milwaukee. Tyler, how are you doing today, man? What did you see positive and or negative in the Packers preseason? I'm doing good, Bill. And uh, what I've seen is, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. The only thing that I want to not necessarily push back on, but just, you know, something else to give some thought to is how often do we really see him play? We see him play, what, two, maybe three series in the preseason, and then he comes out. And right. we've seen in those two to three series that it takes sometimes it, might, it takes them a little bit to you know get into the rhythm of the game, and obviously you want that to uh, to improve as the season goes on. But maybe to start the season, you know, he's you know he's just a little bit jumpy at the at the start of games, and then he settles into it. So I just you know just give it you know to like maybe the second and the third quarter, and he's still you know really just consistently missing guys. And yeah, that's definitely something to be concerned about, but. Right. I really like, you know, he, he gets back to the to the to the back of his drop and the ball's out. Like he, he has it seems like he has a really good yeah. pocket sense. You know, he knows mm-hmm. when to take off and run but and he knows when to try and, you know, extend the play and you know, he's not he's not Aaron and he's sitting back there for seven, eight seconds relying on Bakhtiari and everybody to hold up the line for him. I, which I completely agree. I and appreciate the phone call because you bring up a really good point. The, the one thing that we saw was a couple of step drops, get rid of the football, put it into the window where his guys could get it. We did not see him throw the ball in harm's way in the preseason. Didn't see that. And they, first of all, that's one is, is don't turn the ball over. So what we saw out of him on the consistent was – putting it into windows where only his guys could get it. And if a defender would get to it, they would not be able to get to it in a position in which they were going to intercept the football. That's it. 
So I, I'm, that I agree with. We saw a lot of positives. I can sit here and dwell on the positives all day. Uh, I won't ignore the negative or the questionable, but we can talk about the positives all day long. And and what Jordan Love said in his post-game interview where he said, hey, look, the, the, the checkdowns can turn into big plays. I've been saying that for years because Aaron Rodgers at times refused to put the ball into the playmaker's hands. It was his guy on big plays in his situation. And that became frustrating because all you needed to do was hit Alan Lazard over the middle and you were living to fight another day on third down. You had another set of downs coming up. All you needed to do was hit Alan Lazard over the middle and let him do his thing. And who knows, maybe he does end up in the end zone against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe that does happen. Or at least maybe you're going, you know, fourth down from the two rather than from the 12. So uh, we, we've we talked about this. We've gone down this road. I agree. I, I don't want to go to the extreme, though, where you don't have, where it's all checkdowns, and that's all it is, and that's all he's known for, and defenses begin to leak up, safeties begin to leak up, corners are playing press man up front because he can't go downfield. So I you don't want to go from one extreme to the next. So I'm 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 hoping that this season brings specifically early on brings at least a couple of highlight reel plays where you can say, "Whoa, there you go. There you go." But going back to uh, going back to Tyler's point was uh the fact that he doesn't have uh or Stephen or Tyler in Milwaukee, uh, Tyler's point, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers' big arm. And that's that's a fact. 877-867-1670. What did you see good coming out of the preseason? And what did you see that concerns you? Not bad, but that may concern you coming out of the preseason. We already had a shout-out to Joe Barry on the positive side early on in this program. Who knew that would happen at any point today? Or at any point, you know, before the actual kickoff? Uh, of the regular season would happen. How about that? Our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue reminding you, just like I said before, summer's not over. Grilling season's not over. Grilling season is year-round, by the way. So keep checking out our friends at Burn Pit. Burn Pit. B-U-R-N Pit. Burn Pit BBQ. Burn Pit BBQ.com. And uh, keep getting the sauces and the rubs and the hot sauces. They are based right here in Wisconsin. They are veteran-owned, and they've grown because of you. And they've always said... Thank you. Thank you for supporting veterans, and thank you for supporting that business. BurnPitBBQ.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Buddy Dave, Dave Barron and the gang out at Steel Tank Brewing getting ready for the big weekend coming up this Sunday. The push is on. If you have not been pre-registered for the motorcycle ride yet, please, please do so. We're going to end at Steel Tank Brewing. They've got vendors, tents. Uh, there's going to be plenty of parking. Uh, that's the big concern. Where's the parking? We're going to be using the Exonia Bank and the street behind it's going to be shut down. And then the parking lot and the strip mall across the street. And there's going to be parking, ample parking. And we're going to have a great time. And uh, Steel Tank Brewing is going to be the host of the motorcycle ride coming up this Sunday. We need you. If you haven't pre-registered yet, please, you only, your time's running out. 
Time's running out. Get pre- And the weather looks spectacular, 100% dry. I'm told that no rain in the forecast at all. It's going to be upper 80s. It's going to be a beautiful day. I know they keep saying it in the 90s, but I'm told that they don't think it's going to reach that. Um, but, you know, early in the morning and late in the afternoon, who cares? So, uh, please, Steel Tank Brewing, great place. Dave and the gang are getting it all ready and polished up and ready to go for the motorcycle ride coming up this Sunday on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right off of 67. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670, uh, Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you again, 877-867-1670. Uh, complicated fellow says, I can't remember if Aaron in his first year as a starter, if he was lights out as far as a long passer when completions go, or did he get better as he played? Both. Uh, It wasn't that he was lights out. I don't think anybody comes into the league and they're suddenly lights out. But I think what you do, first of all, his arm strength was evident. I mean, that's first and foremost. The arm strength there was, was very evident. So you knew, because remember, he was following Brett Favre. And Brett Favre, I mean, you know, the old, the, um, there was a badge of honor among the receivers early on with Brett Favre who had the cross. Uh, Grant, did you know what the cross was? No. Is this something I don't, I don't know about? Enlighten me. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, but I didn't know if you knew what it was. Uh, the, the, the cross is the nose of the football where the threads are sewn and it's kind of an indentation and it creates a cross. Brett would throw it so hard that if it went through your hands and hit you in the chest, it would leave the cross on your chest. That's how hard he threw it. And I remember Donald Driver uh, telling me, and this was when Rodgers was first picked and came into camp, and, you know, everybody wants to talk about the comparison, like we do with Jordan Love, you know, comparison to Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers was getting compared to Brett Favre. And uh, Donald Driver, who never really came out and spoke a lot. And if he did, he backed it up later. Uh, He never wanted to get into the comparisons and talk about Aaron versus Brett and this and that. You know, he was always going to be the towing the company line. Uh, He, one of those days, came to me and lifted his shirt, and he went, "Uh, Rogers gave this to me. And it was the cross. It was the cross on his chest. He said, boy, you learn real quick with some of these guys. you got to hang on to the football. And he kind of laughed about it, and you know, we talked about the, the arm strength and such you know, in, in an interview later on down the road. But uh, you knew the arm strength. So did Aaron Rodgers have a deep ball right away? No, but we knew he had the arm strength because he could throw it 70 yards at the flick of a wrist. I mean, that was evident. You, you don't have that with Jordan Love. So that's got to be something that they work on. The timing of that is going to have to really work out because it's not just where – Jordan's going to throw it 70 yards downfield and give you enough arc for you to run underneath it. You know, if Jordan Love's going to throw a deep pass, it's probably a solid 50. And after that, it's somewhat iffy. But he doesn't have it in the same. uh, It's not like Christian Watson can get a 10-yard gallop going and suddenly Jordan Love's going to unleash it and and Christian Watson's just going to be able to run underneath it. It's Christian Watson most likely is going to have to stop and wait for the football to land. So that's why going deep over the top quickly is important. Maybe a 50-yard strength of pass, but I don't think he's going to be able to off his back foot, flick his wrist, and suddenly you know fling it 65 yards downfield. I, I just I, I don't see that, which is why, again, I'm not overwhelmingly concerned about the deep ball, but 
there is the I want to see it for this offense to be as effective as maybe it could be. 877-867-1670. David said, I recall when Aaron Rodgers was young, how he got criticized for no comeback wins for a couple of years at least. He grew into that. Give love some time. Well, Dave, but the criticism was dumb. It, it was dumb. It, it was an uneducated, dumb criticism because he did. And people said he didn't get the wins. No, he didn't. But that wasn't Rogers' fault. There was numerous games, even going back to his first year, that he brought him back with a minute, minute and a half to go. He brought him back only to watch the de- defense give it up. So Rodgers did give them the opportunity to get wins. But if you remember, the defense was not good. So I I get it. The criticism was there. But I would, just like I defend Rodgers when it comes to the criticism of only one in five in NFC Championship games, you can give him, you could say, okay, you had more blame in the loss against Tampa Bay than probably you had in about any other game. You just you just look at it. Didn't play great, but had a pretty solid game in Seattle. Seattle, there was a myriad of issues defensively where that game got given away. Not to mention the very last play of Boston up and getting an onside kick when he had no business doing so. That was not Rogers' fault. There's number one. You talk about the, the, the NFC Championship game down in Atlanta. They had no business being there, remember. If it weren't for Rodgers and that miraculous pass that he threw to Jared Cook on the sideline with a bad calf muscle to put Mason Crosby in field goal range. They don't get there without him, actually. It's it's part of his own success. You know, it's like a, a fast shortstop in baseball. You know, the errors go up, but that's because the, the guy gets to more balls than almost any because he's got so much quick turn speed. You know, I remember the criticism of Davy Concepcion years ago when I was growing up as a kid, and they would complain about Davy Concepcion and errors into the outfield and balls that would get off the end of his glove. Well, the note was because he was so fast and so quick, he was getting to balls that most people even weren't. So he was kind of a he was making routine plays looking you know, or difficult plays look routine and easy, and then the most difficult plays that nobody would even get to. They would glance off his glove and they'd give him they'd give him an error. So yeah, he would have an error or two or three or five, but a lot of the times it was because he got the balls that nobody else would get to. So he was a victim of his own success or his own ability. Rogers the same thing. So the the criticism of Aaron Rodgers early on in his career for not being able to get a comeback win. I think the only game I remember him not really being able to bring him back was against Atlanta. Other than that, I. I think there was numerous times where he brought them back only to watch the defense flitter it away. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program being brought to you by the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. And they are based right there on uh, Wisconsin Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, just west of the Marquette campus, and have a bunch of terrific concerts coming up throughout the fall and into the holiday season. And don't forget, Cynthian is coming for the uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration the night before St. Patrick's Day. So (laughs) it is going to be a fantastic group 
uh, of concerts and music coming to the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. If you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't gone there, ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show, we uh, we continue on. Man, all the uh, Aaron Rodgers disdain. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Skyler says, uh, don't get it wrong. Um, Rodgers played like crap in Seattle. He had, a, he had one touchdown, two interceptions. Had a quarterback rating of, I think, 50-something. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But, had the one, but he had the touchdown in the big moment. Eddie Lacy ran the ball pretty well. Nobody put the ball into the end zone. Uh, but they did drive it, drives stalled, partially because the play calling in the third quarter was terrible. But they got up. They were up in that ball game, uh, And at one point, uh, they were up at 19-7, to remember. 19-7. to Mason Crosby kicked a field goal to put him up. They had – Mason Crosby was really kind of the star of that game because Randall Cobb got the 13-yard touchdown pass from Rodgers. And Mason Crosby was, was kicking it from everywhere. Uh, but they had drives that stalled inside the 20 numerous times. So, and I thought it was, they kept the Legion of Boom, if you will, on their heels. And they, uh, there was a couple of times that, you know, right, was it was Richard Sherman, I think. I think it was Richard Sherman jumped a route in that ball game. And I can't remember. I think Richard Sherman jumped around in that ballgame because there was two interceptions. One was, I think, Maxwell, who got, if it was, if I remember correctly, it was a tip. But Richard Sherman jumped around, and it was just a, a really good play by Richard Sherman. Kind of ripped the ball away. But ha-ha Clinton Dix had a couple of them, even though he didn't know where he was supposed to. No, that was Micah Hyde. He didn't know where he was supposed to be on the two-point conversion. Uh, but then the big one was Morgan Burnett with the pick, and it's like, he, he could have run for days, and Julius Peppers told him to go down for whatever reason. I still don't understand that to this day. But, um, yeah, the Legion of Boom did a good job of getting after Rodgers, putting pressure on him. And, uh, you know, it's, it, was, it was rough going, but they were able to kind of stabilize it with a little bit of the run. They ran for over 100 yards. That I remember. Because James Starks was still running the ball with Eddie Lacy in the backfield, and James Starks actually had a pretty decent game. He ripped off a big one, too, to put the Packers in field position because they were so concentrating on Rodgers throwing the football. that uh, And James Starks, remember, he ran with that really long stride, that high stride, high knees, and uh, ripped off a big one. I can't remember what it went for, but I thought it was a really well-called game until the third quarter. Packers are up 19-7. to It's like all you got to do is – just put another score on the board. Just do it one more time, and you're going to win this thing. And instead, they got really, really, really conservative, really conservative, and allowed Russell Wilson and company to come back. They drove right down the field. Uh, remember Russell Wilson? Uh, he, he got in for a touchdown, and then, you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch broke through, and he got in for a touchdown. It just was like, uh-oh, here, here, here are the wheels falling off. 
But they still had a shot to win that thing, remember? Still had a shot to win it. So, anyway. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Give us a shout. But, again, they don't get there without Rodgers. They don't get there without Rodgers. Period. Um, and, and you're right. I go back to the, uh, I go back to the play calling in the third quarter. There was like two or three series where it was run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, run, 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 and they didn't do much. Um, I just remember looking at the drive chart, going, "Wow, boy, they just didn't do much at all." Didn't do much at all. Um, I think they went three and out, four and out. They had a uh, they had a drive, I think that ended in a field goal. But then it was like I I got to go back and look at my notes. But then it was like a couple of drives where it was nothing. They didn't do anything. It was like run, 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 punt, run, 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 and it was like negative yardage punt. So anyway. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. I do do want to get into uh, a little bit anyway when we come back after the top of the hour. Now, don't forget, uh, about an hour and a half from now, we're going to talk with our buddy Chuck Freeman about this Brewers team. But the Brewers, we, we talked about it with Tim Allen. We said, you know, the Brewers have yet to put that big streak together, right? They haven't done that, you know, eight in a row like other teams have. And now they have won. Here it is. We're sitting on the precipice of nine and nine and zero over the last nine games, possibly ten. Can they get to that double digit mark? Can they do ten in a row? Beat the Cubs. Put the Cubs a game. Put it this way: If they win tonight, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, uh, Grant. I'm gonna do this now. If the Brewers okay. win tonight, they won the National League Central. Oh boy. If they win tonight, that is the final dagger in the National League Central. Because the Reds are now seven back. They're done. If the Brewers win tonight, the season is now the Brewers. They have won the National League Central. And the reason I'm saying that is because, yes, the Cubs have played some pretty good baseball. But if the Brewers go to 10 in a row and put the Cubs six games back, that means the Brewers have the three games to play with. And it, we've seen it all season long where it bounces up and down and up and down and up and down. However, don't forget the last three games of the season are at American Family Field against the Cubs. The Brewers, if the Brewers win tonight, I, can, I will fire off the, uh, you know, Wayne Larravee, there is your dagger. How about that? I don't think you're wrong. They, the worst thing they could do is leave Chicago then with a five-game lead. If they win tonight, they will be six games up on Chicago. At the worst, they'll remain seven games up still on Cincinnati, unless Cincinnati loses, and then they go to eight games over Cincinnati. But they will have 75 wins on the season. Well above what the projection was going to be. They'll probably end up with close to 90. That'll win them the division. If they win tonight... There is your dagger for the National League Central. We're going to celebrate that tomorrow on the program if they win tonight. 
One hour down. We, I, There you go. That's a little energy. One hour down, three more yet to go. Three more yet to go. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.